Are you ready for Chicago Bears football? You are listening to the Bears Bonanza Football Podcast. Stop it. Hosted by Bull Bearded Beauties, Gal and Danny Boy. You're the pride and joy of Illinois, Chicago Bears, Bear Dumb. Hello and welcome to this fine edition of the Bears Bonanza Football Podcast. Coming close to football season, buddy. I'm very excited. So we're going to get into it. The team is practicing as we speak. Very, very, very pumped about that. But yeah, there's been a few things in the news. Kind of got a little uncomfortable. But uh, how are you feeling in general, man, about the season I'm, coming up? I'm feeling really positive, but this is a time where anything is possible, right? You know, we haven't seen bad practices. We haven't seen heard any kind of injury news yet you know so it's it's all positive this is a time when when anything is possible uh i think we should lead off though before we get into kind of our forecasts and the team topics there's some of the news and your boy a mill is no longer a chicago bear day i know that disappoints you <laughs> my boy my boy yeah the <laughs> anthony miller thing we've all teeter-tottered on this issue a lot um i there were times, I mean, he was like my least favorite person on the team because, again, I like some of the flair and some of the brashness. I dig it as long as you back it up with action on the field, with plays on the field. And, you know, for all those flashes, those few flashes, 100-yard games, all the possibilities, and then for so many weeks to not even get a target in the game and then to run his mouth like that. So it was very, very frustrating, very frustrating. But – you know, Justin Fields coming to the team and the fact that you couldn't trade Anthony Miller at that time during draft season made me think, you know what, this actually might have kind of fallen into place well. You couldn't move the guy. And in the end, maybe this actually could work out a fresh start. Anthony Miller seeing an inspiring workhorse like Justin Fields, you know, some a veteran like Andy Dalton, maybe. Yeah, maybe he could kind of turn the corner. And then to just be kind of moved off, it's, it's left me very mixed, though. In the end, it's probably for the best that he's gone. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the, the haul that we actually got in return for him was a fifth-round pick, which I'm surprised. Yeah. And it's a Houston Texans fifth-round pick, so you might as well look at it as a fourth-round compensatory Ah, pick. good point. Very good point. <laughs> because it's, they're going to be bad. I mean – uh, just look at uh, look at some of the camp stories coming out of Houston. It's unlike something I've ever heard of, right? It's so I think they're going to be awful, and I think you know this kind of screws the Packers in a way as well because it allows Randall Cobb to then go back to to Green Bay Packers for eight million dollars. Yes, I'm okay with that as well. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. so so you know, and we'll talk about the, the Packers in, in, in a moment here, but I think there was just no future for Anthony Miller on this team. You know, like, if we make this assumption that he is a choice runner, he's not a kind of classical route runner, you know, he, he reads the defense and then he makes a cut based on what the defense tells him. Well, you know, you can only really do that operating out of the slot, which makes it your offense very predictable. Yeah. You can't trust him on the outside because, you know, you'll see a great – footwork on one play and then you'll see him run up a, a, a 14-yard route at nine-yard depth on the next route when he's outside so you just can't rely on him and I think you know going forward I think what we're going to see is more, much more of like a rob in the slot and speed on the outside yeah so, so you know where does he fit. fit on this yeah where yeah, does he fit on this fit. team you know and like yes I I you know I'm in the camp thinking that yeah a lot of this is you know we couldn't take advantage of his choice route running skills because of Mitch, who couldn't identify them, and Foles, who could identify them but didn't have the physical ability to actually execute against those. And, yeah, there's, I think there's a kind of allure in having fields there. But then again, you know, you, you need – there's only 11 guys on the field at the same time. Yeah, and, and you just – after he punched that guy in, 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 <laughs> on the Saints – after he'd been told explicitly, don't do it, don't do it. And we needed him, right? There's no A-Rob in that That's game. Right. There was no Mooney in that game. Mooney died like a hero in the previous game. You know, we needed him. We needed him to step up. And now, you know, he goes and he's going to be the number one receiver uh, on the 
on the Texans, and I just think that it's that's going to be a disaster. And okay, okay, but I let's think... pause. Let's pause. Let, 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 let's unpack that a little bit. So, certainly, things were just not clicking. I mean, no, clear cut, right? They were not clicking. The guy is talented, and by the way, I do think that in a different system over the course of time, maybe he could find his niche and you know even be getting a solid three receptions or four receptions a game somewhere, forty yards, but. Um, you know, critical part of a marching offense that's marching down the field, okay? I'm open to possibilities. But it is clear here that with this energy vibe, just you need to turn the page. If you're not inspired by a guy like uh, Allen Robinson, if somebody like Allen Robinson, who's just, you know, kind of a soft-spoken guy who's detail-oriented, if you haven't picked up some details from him, learned from him, well, you're obviously not clicking. There's not enough clicking here. Um, and so, yes, you probably should go elsewhere. Maybe you'll be inspired by somebody else and they'll help you uh, hone your craft. But yeah, we're not seeing it. That's to go. But in the end, the one thing that, again, I grieved a bit was that, you know, since we paid so much for him that, gosh, it would be nice if we could just see if maybe Fields could bring something out of him. But in the end, the fact that you're mentioning this fifth round pick, Houston's going to be so bad. It's going to be practically fourth round pick. Pace gets good value in the fourth and fifth. I'll take it. Done. Yeah, exactly. And it, and and to me, it's you know, Anthony Miller really reminds me in a way of Jay Cutler, where Jay Cutler had that arm, and it it can it constantly kind of hooks you in, and you're like, well, maybe if we change this, and maybe if we do that, and maybe if we do this, and it never worked with Jay. And when you watch Anthony Miller's feet, his feet are fantastic. He, you know, the the problem is everything else. Like his arm isn't, his elbows aren't connected to his ankles, which are not connected to his head. So he can't ever be a precise route runner. He's really only good as an option or a choice route yeah, runner. Exactly. And, and the drops. That's it. Yeah, and the drops. Yeah, that's the other. So, that's the, you know. Yeah, that's, that's the other thing. His hands aren't great. Even no. on that great. Uh, on that uh, Atlanta catch that he had, he caught that thing with his body when he was wide open, you know, because he didn't have the confidence to catch it with his arms. But then you see, you know, a few weeks before, he that makes that happen. beautiful catch against Detroit, to, you know, the, which is a great pass by Mitch. Uh, and he makes a great catch. So you're like, well, who? So it reels you it's, in a little a matter, bit. And then, it's and a then, matter of and then you get it's a matter. upset. Yeah, it's, it's a work. I don't know, actually. It seems to me to be just this work ethic, this immaturity, where we know you're capable of it. So why one moment can you just not get that level of concentration? Are you distracted by something else? Because it just starts not making sense. It just starts not being logical why you could pull up, you know, pull a catch out of a crazy, you know, play at the end of the game and then for the next game, drop something. Or like you said, catch a touchdown pass with your body. Yeah, it really shows a certain lack of confidence, which could indicate a certain lack of focus. And if you're not focused, then obviously you're not being inspired by the coaches to work harder or your teammates. So sometimes a new horizon is necessary. Right? Yeah, just a funny just luck. a funny story on Anthony Miller before we move on to the next topic. But, you know, like he, he turned up to the rookie mini camp. So on the surface level, you think, oh, wow, that's great. This guy's really trying to, to improve himself. But then the Bears said, hey, actually, can you just go work out at a separate part of the facility? Because you know, in their mind, they're like, you know, we don't really want the rookies to see you as their first experience within the NFL, right? So it's like when wow. you hear stories like that, you're like, well, you know, I think they, they wanted to get rid of him for a while now. They couldn't get it done at free agency. They couldn't get it done at the draft. And finally, there was a team that, was desperate enough, and I give Pace credit here. He he extracted maximum value. I didn't think we'd be able to get a fifth round pick for Anthony Miller, and uh, and it's a quality fifth pick. So, dude, that's amazing. It's amazing and a win win, really. And yeah. even for Houston, right? It's just a a kind of discarded player. Like, well, he'll feel a bit maybe discarded, Anthony Miller, and he'll have everything to prove, you know, on a bad team. So, you know, if anything, it's like Anthony Miller. You should at least be some of the only bright sides for a talentless team. And you have yeah. perhaps, well, actually, maybe Deshaun Watson is not even going to be on this team by the end of this weekend. Who even knows there? But um, it's like, listen, dude, a new horizon, the fact that you're still in the league, you know, you have another team, you have another chance. It's like, make the best of it. Good luck. And, uh, you know, see you. Yeah. See you around town. A-Rod. <laughs> Let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. Did you have a chance to look at that just epic, epic, um, 
uh, press conference. I don't even. I, I I hesitate to even call it a press conference. It was just like an open letter on his disappointment with the Green Bay Packers and his dislike of the city <laughs> of Green Bay itself. It was amazing. I thought, you know, obviously as Bears fans, we're <laughs> you know we're, we're loving this. You know, we're rubbing it all over our face. We, we love it. But um, yeah, it's it's just ridiculous when you see something like that. It's like, dude, I. I actually might understand your grievance with the team, but do you really want to be the person that's airing it out like this? I mean, maybe they deserve it, but you also, you also degrade yourself, even if you're right in this argument. Um, so, and again, so it's to, to watch the Bears fan, it's just like, yeah, you get your popcorn and, and embrace it and take it all in. But yeah, I don't know. It's like, dude, just either play or don't. I, it's just weird at this point. Just weird. It's- it's this, you know, we, we, we kind of briefly touched on, like, I can see them reworking the contract where it's like a one-year deal and then he gets to leave. But my assumption would be that, like, it would be like kind of radio silence, you know, on, on his part if he's going to get, because apparently he's looking at a deal that's going to pay him something close to $50 million this year to stay with Green Bay one more time. And you would think that would kind of generate some quiet from him. But no, quite the opposite. I mean, my personal favorite was because he made it so personal as well. That's the thing that really kind of stuck out to me, where he said, you know, people don't come here because it's a holiday destination. They come here for me. That line was that line was cringeworthy, though, certainly probably true. And maybe we all know it. But man, to come from you when you're the fan base, you're kind of like choosing between your parents. You're like, oh, God, I love my man, dad. Yeah, if you're like a Green Bay guy you know who works at the harley davidson factory in 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 madison or or you know you work in any of those kind of uh you know cheese factories i don't know what kind of industries they have in wisconsin to be honest how do you feel (laughs) when like the guy just just disses where you live like and yeah it's just such a weird thing and it's your quarterback it's your guy that's the one who's saying all this it's not some bears fan like if it's like yeah. Justin, like that's something I would imagine Jim McMahon or Jay Cutler saying, or Joakim Noah, you know, I I would imagine them saying something like that about Green Bay, but to hear it from Aaron Rodgers is so strange. Well, that's it. I mean, and think, bizarre. Think of, think of if you know Michael Jordan or, or is talking about like, man, oh, I love North Carolina. Yeah, Chicago. I mean, I played for this team, but this city, ugh. it would it would almost hurt. It's like, wow, we 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 consider you as part of the birth of Chicago. I mean, you're a piece of that history. So you're not a North Carolina guy. You are. So to kind of disassociate yourself from the city as just like, yeah, there's a city and there's me. We're not one is, is just something you just don't do to your fan base. I don't know. So it's very revealing. I think so. I mean, I think it's this whole thing. And now you see this kind of behavior. I do believe the quarterback sets the tone. The co- you, people can say it's the coach and all this other kind of stuff. I believe it's actually the quarterback. And you already see Devontae Adams wants to be the highest paid wide receiver. That's $28 million a year, by the way, just so if you're oh, keeping track at home. Zadarius Smith wants to renegotiate his contract because now, you know, he's making $22 million a year. He wants to get paid like the, the top edge rushers now as well. And he's been great for them. I, I just think like when you have this much individuality and, you know, I'm, I'm not a super militaristic guy or a very conservative person, but it's just football works when it's a, a militaristic meritocracy hierarchy. That's kind of, those are the things that you need. You need an alpha, you need lieutenants, you know, you need general, you need a lot of order to organize 53 guys to a common purpose. And Aaron Rodgers right now is just, putting gasoline and throwing fires it's, like the yeah. like the joker in the dark knight returns yeah, you know exactly what, what <laughs> does it help because, have you ever had a disgruntled co-worker um and even if they were right even if they were right in their grievance against their boss and they're they're airing it out it just in the coffee room everybody just feels a lot less inclined to go back to work and everybody starts overthinking yeah am i appreciated am i you know getting the raise, the promotion I'm supposed to get, it just gets you in this, I mean, it ultimately starts setting a culture there. And so, yeah, that's what he's doing. He's making everybody think, yeah, am I being treated fair? You know what? I don't think I, hey, he did talk down to me that one time in practice. You know what? I don't, it sets a, and obviously maybe if they are deserving of it, 
you've already dragged them through the mud. So if you're going to stay in this team, why, why keep doing it? In the end, it's just going to hurt you, Aaron Rodgers. It's going to hurt it's going to affect the focus of the players around you. I, I just, it's counterproductive. So it just shows that he's being an emotional little bitch. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, and again, I understand the complexity of this situation, but it's like, no, dude, I understood your anger a month ago. I understood the snark, but it's just like by continuing to persist, even you in the right, perhaps, you still come across a certain way. And that way is not necessarily positive and it's not a positive look for the team. Yeah, and, and you know the Packers. I just I can't stand the Packers, but I think you know they <laughs> they open they open against the Saints, then they play the Lions, then the 49ers and Steelers, Bengals, and then us in October. So they have a a pretty easy opening slate, you know. Now it gets substantially harder towards the end because they essentially play the same schedule that we do, uh, apart from two games. But it's it's. I, I see this going badly. I, I just I can't see how this is all going to work out. Now, their opening schedule is, is pretty easy. I expect them to only maybe drop a game in those first five. But, man, if they drop, like, more than one, because you have the shadow of something difficult coming, and you kind of know that you have to win, you know, the majority of your games early. And if that doesn't happen, I can see this whole thing just going completely south, in a hurry because yeah you know you you know what know what the know where i knew because obviously as bears fans were like man we hope the packers don't make it to the playoffs if they get there we hope they get their ass kicked but when they in the regular season got their ass kicked 38 to 10 from the bucks you know i'm like yeah this team you know aaron Rodgers has to be perfect and things just have to click and no you have you have aaron jones and you have um um adams but Still, I'm like, God, something seems off that such a, you know, team like the Packers, even with certain deficiencies, they can get their ass kicked. So there are little warning signs that, yeah, they might get through this first stretch with ease, but then I could see them just get revealed. Somebody just reveals that brutally. And I'm going to rejoice. I mean, they have a brutal stretch. After after they played us on October 17th, they have a brutal stretch. It goes to Washington. Uh, the Cardinals, the Chiefs, the Seahawks, the Vikings, the Rams, uh, the Ravens, the Browns. I mean, that's not an easy stretch of games, you know, and most of those are, by the way, on the road, right? So that's, that's going to be rough. So basically from the middle of October through the middle of December, they are playing pretty much playoff teams the, the, the whole way, right? So our, our schedule is kind of diffused. It's, it's, you know, one week it's a very tough team and, and of course that can all change but yeah you're i think you're 100 percent spot on last year they were 13 and 3 before that they were 12 and 4 they were a soft 12 and 4 that team they got yeah. completely destroyed in they've got every time when i when i look at their schedule when i see the teams that they lose to they lose to playoff teams and they lose they get their butts whooped by playoff teams yeah. they don't lose close they they get their butts yeah. whooped. The thing and is, they, they never in the playoffs. Just think of all the playoff games they've lost in the last two, three years. Uh, I mean, obviously, last year they played the game tight into the end. But yeah, I think that game against San Fran was that two years ago, two thousand nineteen. Yeah, they were. I destroyed. mean, they had no chance. Yeah, they were destroyed. Yeah. And they had, I think they had gotten their asses kicked by San Fran in the season as well. And so, yeah, to get then your ass kicked again, you're like, no, you you never had a chance on any given Sunday. You are not going to beat that team because you just did not have a chance. Okay. Yeah, and not even big. yeah, and even in that last year Tampa Bay game, there was a lot of efficiencies and calls that kind of went in their favor that made it seem closer than it actually was. But really, I mean, what they needed was a touchdown, and from twenty yards out on fourth, fourth and fifteen, and they needed to convert the two point conversion just to tie. Right. So it's not like it's not like that was a gimme, point, yeah. right? Yeah. Even though yeah. Aaron Rodgers was a good, is a great player, that that's not a gimme that you're going to get that, right? So no, I mean, it's they, against Tampa D. It's a real deal D. Come on, right? And and I know there was a lot of kind of people knocking the decision, and I and I also knocked the decision to kick the field goal because you have Aaron Rodgers, the other guy's Tom Brady. You're not getting the ball back, you know. So you have to yeah. you have to score. Right? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I do knock the decision. The decision's bad, but let's not joke. Like the chance of you getting a touchdown. And a two-point conversion is pretty small. It's not, you know, you need both of those things to happen. So I, I, I don't think this team is that great. I think all these players, they are a reflection on Aaron Rodgers. He's, he's, he's making them better than they actually 
are. Now, that's not to say that Devontae Adams is a bad player. He's a great player. But, like, if is he the best receiver in football without Aaron Rodgers? Like, I don't think so. Aaron Jones, same thing. You know, uh, yeah. Darius Smith. Right? Like, it's hard to like, tell. It certainly is yeah. hard to tell, right? They're like a guy like Zedarius Smith. Yeah, sure. You're you're up by 15 points for most of the game. Yeah, you can just go and pass rush the whole time. You don't have to do what Khalil Mack has to do. You don't have to deal with all that. You know, you yep. can just pin your ears back and go. And like exactly, you, that's not everybody, there, yeah, what are you? Desperate. Exactly. You know what? People fail to look at the situation of the game and how that affects everything. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> exactly. They're always getting to pin their ears back and just totally. So. In the end, it's a lot of fire there. Um, they're certainly going to still play well and I'm sure be a playoff team, and we're going to have to deal with that. But in the end, there's going to be what I think to be a lot of chatter surrounding this team throughout the year, checking in, oh, are you happy? Are things going well? And even if they're winning a lot of games, it's going to take one loss, and it's going to be a loss to a playoff team where it could just kind of derail everything and everybody starts fighting again, and then Rodgers is not happy there. So, um but let's let's get to our sweet Chicago Bears. I'm tired of talking about those cheese heads there. Let, let's talk <laughs> about our sweet home Chicago. So oh, camp yeah. camp starting this week. Lots of pressers. Uh, I just want to hear any of your general thoughts on some of the pressers and how you feel going into camp. Yeah, so we're going to talk mostly about the defense on this, but I think it's important to yep. just kind of just take a second to talk about the press conference. I thought those guys just looked so much happier than they did in the last time we saw them together where they were just so, I don't know, you know, we, we had two podcasts on that show and now I'm losing at a loss of words. I don't know how you describe those two end of year podcasts or the press conferences. It was such a disaster that that last press conference. (laughs) And I compare it to this one where they're just so happy. They just seem so happy and excited. And, um, you know, the only kind of negative thing I'll say is, there was a question asked again about their contracts and Ryan Pace is like, no, 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 we only do things for the team. We don't do things for ourselves. And it's like, well, you know, the contracts that you're handing out, pushing money forward to when you, when you don't have a quarterback would, would say otherwise. But other than that, well, I think the vibe is totally different. I think they're, they're, they're all ready yeah, to go. Indeed. Listen, it's, it's all about what you believe. Remember, it's not a lie if you truly believe it. Right? So, <laughs> That's true. Um, you know, so who knows? Who knows? I mean, obviously they know, listen, we're going to do things to save our jobs a little bit, but no, we do care about the team. I mean, that's always a a certain conflict of interest where when you're answering, you never know if it's the truth or what they actually believe is the truth. Anyway, um, yeah, got the vibes from it. I like, you know, now I know there's a lot of chatter and, you know, lockdown bears uh, was talking about the fact that everybody's going to try to pick apart every single word and dissect it. But I feel that's exactly how Nagy had to answer the question about Fields Dalton. And we're not going to get into it today because right now we know where it stands. Again, the, the consensus is just that, listen, if I name it a, a, a battle, right, a QB battle in camp, it creates a certain dynamic, Right. If we just say Justin Fields is a starter, you know, it puts us in a certain position, right, of, of discomfort. And in the end, I think they do believe, you know, yeah, we want a guy like Dalton to, to kind of show him the ropes a little bit. But in the end, open-minded if Fields and Camp just destroys all. And in the end, you don't yeah. want to have to explicitly say all that. So you have to kind of talk around it in circles carefully. And I think Nagy did it. I think he's been practicing the answer to that question. Because, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. you know, yeah, yeah, because yeah. uh, he's so much better at it now than he was, you know, a few months ago. Listen, it's about like talking. Possible... No, no, you do. You listen. You, it's about you take this conversation to a few people. You know, you might take it to a good friend, or you take it to your wife. You're like, listen, yeah. I gotta have this conversation with my boss, or listen, I gotta have a conversation with some of my critics. And uh, does this sound okay? And it's not like you're rehearsing it nervously with a bunch of flashcards, okay? Let's give him some credit. But yeah, you're certainly running through your answer with your wife or a good friend. Just yeah, to make sure, so. you know, it sounds all right. You know what? We all oh, do yeah. it. It's a must. It's a must. Absolutely. All right, so defense. So that's the kind of meat of the show today. So just before we get into the position group, so we'll go through the, you know, the front seven um, and then the, and the secondary. What's your overall confidence level? On now that you've done your homework, watch some film, maybe what's your overall confidence level of, of the defense? One yeah. to ten. Ten no, being yeah. the highest. Oh, God. See, I hate numbers. It's just so limiting. It's so, 
Um, I mean, right now we don't know. Let's assuming that even like a guy like Robert Quinn was injured last year and that he can bounce back. We just don't know because he hasn't been on our team and this, you know, the position isn't exactly his strength. So, I mean, who's playing across from Khalil Mack? Huge question. So yeah. if he even plays an average and that pass rush is getting there and Akeem Hicks is healthy a little bit like his old self, well, sure, man. I, I might feel like an eight even with big question marks in the secondary. But, yeah, if that – you know, if Robert Quinn's injured, which he is, or no, not injured, but, you know, has some issue maybe with his back, we just don't know yet because we haven't even seen enough snaps or we haven't seen the, the burst from a guy like Akeem Hicks because camp is just starting. So – it's so hard to tell at this point because the thing is, if that pass rush is not there and Eddie Goldman isn't, you know, kind of back to his former self, well, man, that secondary might get burned and it could be, oh, yeah. it could be ugly, you know? So, I mean, yeah, for me, I, I think you covered all the bases, the high level bases there. For me, I'm at like a five out of 10 on this defense. <laughs> oh, you're a cheat. That's cheating. You, yeah. Which direction okay, are you in? <laughs> I'll, I'll give a four. Okay. Well, I think a five you, is yeah. pretty bad, right? I think a five is not yeah. great. But I'm more concerned because we've spent so much time, of course, hyped about Justin Fields, talking about Justin Fields, Nagy, all that stuff, the play calling. It's it's the defense where I really do worry. And let's let's start. We'll, By the way, we'll, we'll, I, I would have said, actually, it's a cheat answer, but I also was thinking around five. Yeah. I mean, because really it could go anywhere, but it is trending to me towards a four as well. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I, there's, there's one principal reason I say this. So I, I looked up, you know, on Sharp Football, what are the kind of position grouping trends in, in the NFL? So 70% of the time, teams line up in 11 formation, which is basically three wide receivers plus the tight end. Um, 15% of the time, it's four wide receivers. Okay, now here are our defensive backs. Okay, Danny? Just uh, be a little patient, all right? Artie Burns, Dion Bush, Marquis Christian, Xavier Howard, Tayshawn Gibson, Thomas Graham, DeAndre Houston Carson, Jalen Johnson, Michael Joseph, Jordan Lucas, Trey Robertson, Don Deontay Ruffian, Duke Shelley, Tays Tabor, and Desmond Trufant. Oh, Desmond Trufant and Kendall Lildor. That's the group. Of which I think only about four of these guys are going to make it. It's going to be Trufant, Vildor, probably Shelley because he's a good special teamer. Um, and then it's not very clear. Tommy yeah. Graham, we just drafted him. Uh, we have uh, to look at this. We, I just have to say, yeah. we, we do have to look at this as that, that I think 2019 Vikings, where it's just like, okay, this is not a rebuild, but this is kind of a soft rebuild. We're doing a soft rebuild of that secondary. I mean, starting last year with Jalen Johnson, and we are in the middle of a soft rebuild. And, you know, it's, it's I, really a damn shame because the thing is right now, it's just like... The Khalil Mack situation is just, you know, yeah. it's going to maybe the way I'm looking at this team is just like, well, yeah, we had Khalil Mack, but in the end, it just never panned out. It wasn't ever excellent. It was always pretty good, but because well, even if he's getting there, but I say that just in terms of the secondary, I just say that just in terms of the secondary, because, you know, in the end, he's getting in their faces. Khalil Mack is doing amazingly right. But in the end, I don't know. The, the secondary, when, yeah. when he's not there, perfect on every play, well, and then the secondary is going to give up big plays and just. I think. You know. I think. Yeah. I mean, we'll get to Khalil Mack in a second, but my my issue. Let's just work it out, right? So you have JJ, who's going to be now moving from the weak side to the strong side to take on the best receivers in football. He will be on an island. He's a man corner, so he's going to exist kind of outside the defensive concept. And do you feel then, good about him? Do you feel good about where he's at? I, yeah, so he, here's the thing. I love him. In the first eight games last year, I think he was great. I think he really did fade in the last eight games. Now, I give that a pass because you see that happen a lot. These guys have only been paying 10, 12 games their lives in a season, right? Now you're asking them to play 17. The, their, their bodies aren't ready for that generally. So that rookie slump is real, and I think that's there. But what concerns me, he's 23. Well, let me just make sure how old he is. He's but he has two bad shoulders and a bad back. And like at he's uh, he is 22. He's 22. Now when you're 22, man, like you should be invincible. And if you've got two bad shoulders, and he plays the game in a very violent way as well. He's a first round talent with 
a very questionable body. And that's the thing that really worries me. The actual skill level doesn't concern me at all with JJ. I think he's great. Um, I think he can really be like, if he's healthy, I think he's a guy that can develop into a true, you know, number one guy, but let's slow our role. Because I see on Twitter all the time, people are like, oh, he's the next Stephen Gilmore. Okay, come up. Let's calm down here a little bit, okay? Like, Stephen Gilmore is an all-pro. You know, let's just, you know, slow this down is, a little bit. This is at the point where you don't, concerns yeah. Me. This, this is where then luck becomes in. You're like, okay, not only does the player has to, you know, just completely ball out on the field, but also, you know, get some statistics. Sometimes it's just a matter of luck, you know, like the ball bouncing your way. And then you need a additional luck to kind of stay healthy because yeah when you're slamming somebody with your shoulder and I'm a person who has some shoulder injuries you know and I was in the ninja and always climbing doing things and sometimes man I'm carrying nothing I'm like grabbing a gallon of milk I'm like oh I tweaked my shoulder so yeah when you have sensitive shoulders and they're taking hits it's tight it's always kind of in defensive mode so yeah if you're not taking care of those all it takes is just a one wrong hit you're out for two weeks here three weeks here yeah it's, it's certainly worrisome and because yeah, you have to compensate from other with other parts of your body, which is why you know I think there was a uh, I can't remember his name now, but he's a oh Stefania Bell, sorry Stefania Bell, the fantasy person. But she was basically saying, listen, the if if you have two bad shoulders, you're going to have a bad back because you're going to overcompensate with your back, and when you're training, when you're doing all these other things, right? And that's what he has, and he's 22. So that is the concern to me. Where yes, I think he has all the ability in the world, and I think he can actually grow. Maybe not to Stephen Gilmore's height, because that guy, I just have so much regard for him. But definitely uh, a, a DB1 where you don't have to really be concerned about him. It's the other spots. That, so for me, it's an injury concern. The rest of the team, and so you have Vildor and Trufant, who's going to be either the, the nickel or the outside. I think they're interchangeable at this point. You know, Kittle Vildor, I don't know how tall this guy is, because, you know, I've seen everything from 5'11 to 5'7. I think Jesus. he's actually. I think he's actually closer to five seven than he is five eleven because it's just like, and, and that's a problem, right? So you can't really put him outside because, like those guys, you know, there's a lot of six one receivers. You're just giving up a lot of height, and I think that's you know you saw it with Aaron Rodgers in that second time we played him. They were just looking for him, and this they were just passing right at him like they were just getting Devontae Adams lined up to him. He had a four inch height advantage, and he would just go to work. And that's my concern with Vildor on the outside. I think he can be a very good player. Oh, maybe not very good as harsh, but I think he can be serviceable inside. And then Trufant is another guy, man. He he has missed, fifth, I think, 10 games in the last two years. He's the other guy you have on the outside. And then the rest of the guys, I mean, Duke Shelley is a okay, special teamer. I'm depressed. Trey you're Robertson depressed me, is okay? what? Listen, you depressed me. I'm okay. I'm, I'm crying myself to sleep tonight, all right? So listen, in the end, we got to prepare ourselves mentally for there are some games, you know, early in the season, like a fresh, you know, a fresh defensive line. But there's going to be, you know, some of those weeks, even early on where the defensive line just kind of, you know, just getting beaten up a little bit. And in the week that they were literally calloused and they're just they miss a week and that secondary is going to get burned bad. And it's going to be it's going to be a blowout. I mean, I'm prepared for. You know, some games are going to play close, and I'm I'm prepared because the thing is, this isn't to me. There's too many question marks for this to be a playoff team. You know, there, there's, but I'm excited about the future. I'm very excited about 2022. But I I have to go into this when I see that secondary specifically, like knowing it's just like no, it's like the Vikings. If you make the playoffs when they were in the soft rebuild, it's a bonus because you you're looking two years ahead and yeah, it's hard. It's hard to look at it and get too excited about that defensive back uh, class uh, this year. Yeah. And quick word before we just move on to the line. I think, yeah, Bojack is going to have a better year, but again, Tayshawn Gibson is, you know, listen, he's another veteran minimum guy again for a reason, you know, he has real struggle rotating. I don't know how much of his inefficiency prevents Bojack from being the kind of, you know, you know, free safety, like the, the, the roamer, the lurk yeah. safety, the guy, because that's when he's really at his best, one high, and he goes wherever he wants, and the quarterback has to find him every time that takes another, that, that takes just a heartbeat longer to locate him, and then that creates a pass rush and blah, blah, blah. Yep. I don't know how much of Gibson's inefficiency prevents 
uh, Bojack from being the player he is because he's a great player. Like when you ask him, like I think over the last two years, Pagano really used him poorly. It got him in some bad spots. He shouldn't be in run support. What are you doing here? Why is he yeah. on the line? Like, exactly, and he's not a great tackler. Yeah, these are these are silly things. Like you, he's one of the fastest guys in the league. He has great instinct. He's one of the like two guys, maybe three guys that can cover fifty three yards across by himself at depth. That's just a cheat code that you have to leverage sm- smartly. And we're not doing. We didn't do that over the last two years. And I hope. Sean Desai can really change that. So that 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 gives me some positive. I have a lot yeah. of respect for Eddie Jackson. It it's all about so having. Much. It's all about having these like major pieces. This is the thing. I mean, for for Pace getting all that draft capital up, I just feel like. Uh, I, I now actually we have a lot of people who are on this roster right now. You know, a number of, um, you know, people filling their shoes, but. Yeah, this is where I just wish, God, we had more draft capital over the last few years to just keep trying to scoop up a corner in the second round, you know, a safety. It's just, we haven't, when was the last time we touched this position or anything in the secondary? Not for, I mean, Jalen Johnson, obviously, last year. Yeah, Jalen Johnson. We drafted Graham late and Shelly late as well. But, I mean, listen, Graham and Shelly, I think, are both going to be special teamers. Yeah. I think it's it's unrealistic to project Graham as a, as a starter or a guy who you're going to rely on in games. If you are, man, you are in some trouble because the history of that is not great. You know, a uh, fifth round cornerback uh, or sixth round quarterback, I think Graham was, right? So not great. All right, let's move on to linebackers. I think this is a quick one. Uh, okay. Trevathan and Roquan. We'll count Mac as a, as a defensive lineman. Yeah. So, Danny um, T looking spry. Woo. Yeah, he, I mean, uh, by all accounts, he, he, he looks a lot faster. He lost a little bit of weight. Um, from from last year, I think that's good. As you get older, you know you need to lose that a little bit of weight because your bones just can't carry what it used to. So I I like the AT. I think he's a great locker room guy, and I think Roquan Smith. This is a big year for him. He's going to yep. be looking at you know he saw that Fred Warner contract, so he's looking at that twenty million a year type of a contract. Um, I think the Bears are going to resign him before camps or before camp breaks because you you just you wait one more year, he's it's going to go from twenty million to twenty one million. Or sorry, the twenty million to twenty one or twenty two million after Leonard gets signed. So he's he's great. I think he's one of the five best inside linebackers in football. Um, if he is hurt, though, boy oh boy, do I worry because then now you know last year you saw it as well when the when Roquan Smith had some bad games or bad plays specifically that Bears defense they can't they don't cover that well and I think that was part of the calculation in getting rid of Kyle Fuller where they really made this kind of realization that it's really Roquan taking away the strong side middle zone. That really determines so much more than the, the, the defensive backs, right? So I think it's a pretty quick story. I think they have a, you know, Trevathan, obviously he's on the downside of his career, but if he can hold on for one more year, probably his last year, I think we're in good shape. Christian yeah. Wood, former Bear, I think he's really good. No, Christian I, I Jones. See. Christian Jones. Oh, Jones. I love yeah, Christian, sorry, Jones. Christian Jones. Yeah. I've always loved Christian Jones. I love yeah. him because I remember his speed. And yeah. he made some money plays on Detroit against us. And I'm like, man, is that Christian Jones? I'm like, I love that guy. So yeah. very happy to have him. Obviously, a few years have passed, but I, I always liked his energy. He was a swarmer. I felt he always swarmed around the ball. So He's, he's a swarmer. Cool. He's a high-energy guy. I think he, he has complete familiarity with our scheme. He's a good pedigree. I'm not actually – I'm surprised that we were actually able to get him for as cheap as he was because I viewed him more as a kind of – not like a mid-low-end starter as opposed to a clear backup. So I was surprised that he was available, especially now that the Fangio scheme is so popular. You would have thought that he would have been able to get a contract somewhere else, and I'm surprised that he – that he didn't. So um, there's some people I, that just slip between the beneath the cracks for some reason. Yeah. Um, so. I I actually want to look a little deeper into that because it is interesting because I just really happen to like the guy. Really, his style of play. Uh, even though he was only on the team a few years and it was several years ago, he definitely always uh, memorable moments for me. And then obviously what he did against us. So yeah, definitely cool. An addition. And then yeah. um, let's just get into the um, the D line now. Uh, it's I I need to know what you think about it because I'm so scared. So I think Travis Gibson is, by the end of the year, going to supplant Robert Quinn, who's, by the way, already injured. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. You know? So uh, I, think, I think Robert Quinn, I mean, listen, I, you know, maybe this is unfair for me to say, but 
you know, Bill Parcells, he said the biggest thing that a coach has to do at the NFL level is keep these guys motivated and has to be able to tell the GM who loves football because there are too many. He says, and according to Parcells, almost half the guys, they actually actively hate football. And once they get that second contract, that big money guaranteed, they're kind of just out of it. They're like, yeah, I'll, I'll live on $50 million a year. I don't really care. I don't, I don't like the sport. I don't like the violence. I don't like blah, blah, blah. And oftentimes it's your, you know, offensive linemen and defensive linemen that feel this. And I think to me, Quinn just is one of those guys. Like he's not going to get another contract anywhere approaching the numbers that we're looking at now. Yeah. But I just think he's kind of checked out. And you can see it on the film. Yes, I understand he had dropped foot and he had a bunch of in- injuries last year, but he also wasn't trying very hard. And that you can see that on the tape. Like where he just, he makes contact with the, with the lineman and he just kind of sits there. So I don't know. I now I think Travis Gibson is a guy I really like. I like when I like the draft pick, and I saw him. You should you should just look at some pictures of him now. He looks like you know the Rock's uncle or something like that. Dude, like that's strong, so big Samoan uncle. You know, I, I think he's gonna be great. I mean, listen. When I think of my list of uh, you know those top three bears, you know those questions of like who do you think you know their their impact is going to be a very big difference maker on this team you know that that role playing across from Khalil Mack that's it so it's like that Robert Quinn or Thomas Gibson uh, question mark is huge is huge yes I think it's going to be Quinn by the end of the year I, I don't think you can wait too much more for Quinn I mean you have an out at the end of this year where yes you're going to have to eat 20 million dollars in dead money over two years but you just can't have a guy who just bring. We talked about this with Aaron Rodgers. You can't have a guy that's not pushing his guts out. You just can't because it infects everybody else in a yeah. bad way. So yeah, um, yeah he's so obviously yeah. not part of the culture. He came in a time injured some of the time of last season. The team was losing six game losing streak. So you know it it takes time and a little bit of luck to really buy into the system, buy into the culture, to consider yourself a Chicago Bear. Yeah. I don't know if this guy's ever going to consider himself a real Chicago Bear. I don't think we ever are. Uh, it's just timing, where he's at in his career, um, yeah. where this team is. So, yeah, you could just tell how storylines are playing out, and you're like, this is probably not going to work. Though maybe he will have a stretch of good games, but he's not. he doesn't seem to me to be part of the Bears lore. Remember when the Bears – and well, the, the, everybody remembers 2018, and the year they were just having fun, and they were singing to the camera and dancing. We – this is not going to be the year yet because you're still, some of these guys aren't even maybe going to be on the team next year. There's just a lot of unknown faces, right? Um, yeah. I think half so, of this defense is going to be gone next year. Probably yeah, exactly. about half, right? So, so we, we have not, to understand that, that you can't just expect some beautiful story unless somehow it all just gels. I mean that, but it doesn't usually happen like that. Usually you see a few sparks. There's just like 30 people were waiting to see if they spark or not. So it's hard to create um, a culture, a defensive culture, and especially that Desai is new. Well, that's going to be his major challenge is like creating that culture, finding the guys who are sticking around and building around them. Now, now you say that, but, you know, we have cheat codes at three levels, Mac, Roquan, and Bojack. So it's not like we're talentless, right? No, but totally I not. The, yeah, for what, sure. What, yeah, what's around those guys, though, is deeply questionable. Now, I think – so Khalil Mack, I have a, a fun stat for you, Danny. So Khalil Mack. So this is Brandon Sobek, who is a, a film guy, focuses on defense. So what he wanted to find out, he wanted to see how often defense or edge rushers were were held, because that's not a stat that the NFL officially tags, right? So he looked at the top five guys. Mack is obviously the guy who's held the most. T.J. Watt is held seventy three percent of the time. Wow. What do you think, Danny, is the percentage for Khalil Mack? So Khalil Mack is number one, so it's definitely higher. Yeah, definitely. So why was that? Percentage? Excuse me. Why was that seventy three percent? Seventy three percent. TJ Watts. I mean, that guy's held all the time. It's like it has to be in the nineties. It really has to be. It is ninety three percent, Danny. Oh my <laughs> god! Now he's held ninety three percent of the time. Now. That's a problem for lots of reasons. And you, you combine this with the kind of health that he had last year. So, you know, we find out at the end of last season, he's going through all of these injuries that he had. He never stopped playing. Now that we can say, listen, the, the coaching staff has to say, okay, you're going to have two weeks off because you're just too beat up. But they didn't, whatever. I think this is going to be a storyline 
during the season because ninety three percent. I mean, that's just that's just crazy. This is why you everybody sees it. That's a thing. Everybody sees it. It's just. It's not even like, oh, wait, was that a hold? It's just like, oh, my God. How many plays this last year where you're like, oh, my God. It's just like, how is this even possible? So it's PFF, just, it, it ruins PFF, the game. It ruins the game. Yeah, PFF had a, you know, they, they basically, they, they had their kind of end-of-year ratings where they said Khalil Mack is the number one edge rusher. He's outside of Aaron Donald, the, sec- the best defensive player in the league, and it's not even remotely close. It's not even – you can't bring up any other name. And then one of the things that they said was this kind of study that they, they brought up, and it's how he gets held as well. He's getting a horse collar to the ground. Guys are jumping, literally jumping on his back and bringing him down. Just these crazy things. And to me, like this is, this is maybe a pet peeve of mine, but this is something I want to see the Bears – push as a storyline as we go through the years because interestingly Danny the Bears are one of the most penalized teams in the league and we get the we are one of the uh, lowest teams in terms of penalties called against our opponents so we're not getting the calls anyway and we're getting called for a lot of BS already anyway so if you're afraid that the refs are going to take some reprisals on on you listen it's already happening okay it's already happening so make this a stink show just point to this every single time because Khalil Mack, to me, is the guy. Like, I think if, yep. if Roquan Smith – I think last year Roquan Smith was our best defensive player. But you have a ceiling if Roquan Smith is your best defensive player. If Khalil Mack is your def- best defensive player, that's a completely different level of ceiling Agreed. now that you're at now. Exactly. You know? And you haven't mentioned Akeem Hicks, who the thing is, if, if he can get a little luck when it comes to injuries, also very dominant player. So – but we still said four or five, and we did that. So we have all these positives on each level, but major question marks. So that's why we can't responsibly say one way or another, oh, yeah, no, this defense is an eight or it's a two. I mean, I we're mean, just like, we can be great. If all of a sudden we were top five, you said, wow, Danny, we are top five in 2021. I'd say, yeah, no, I could see how it happened because it meant uh, – Khalil Mack was doing his thing, and uh, Akeem Hicks was healthy. Jalen Johnson stayed healthy. Eddie Jackson was being uh, used as he should be and actually getting some turnovers, things like that. Eddie Goldman's plugging up the middle. But, yes, but do you if you Hicks, say that – Do you think Hicks – wait, hold on, hold on. Do you think Hicks and then, yo, is a full-time player? No, 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 no. I mean, obviously not. I don't think he's a full-time player anymore. It's been now two, three years. So we have to come to terms with that. So in the end, if you say that the Bears' defense was – was bad i'll say well yeah i see the path it meant you know khalil mack was being triple teamed and held and nobody was doing a damn thing about it and yeah keem hicks looked slow and roquan was doing what he had to do but in the end you know he he, he just he was being dragged by somebody because maybe eddie goldman's not into the game anymore so i would also see the path of bad i would know that storyline before yeah you told i mean me, it's, right? it's not 2005 anymore right your best defensive player cannot be an inside linebacker like that's, you're just not going to be a good defensive team if your best player is an inside linebacker. That's just a fact, you know. Uh, it's just it's just not going to work for you that way. So I think Hicks. I I hope that with the emergence of Gibson, with the emergence of um, Bilal Nichols, I hope that we can allow him to be. And we, we're bringing back Mario Williams. We're bringing back some of these guys, right? Who who played well for us. We lost some good uh, depth pieces, though. Ouch. But yeah, we lost some good depth pieces. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, that, that's uh, – it's too early to have a next year off-season off conversation on what some of these guys are going to cost. But yeah. I think, like, Nichols, I think this could be his last year, right? Because if he plays passably well, he's going to be looking at $11, $12 billion a year. Can we afford that? I don't think so. But, you know, like, it's – I think we have enough. If you can get Hicks to play, you know, not – hundred percent of the snaps, but 50% of the snaps, like on third and like clear passing downs. If you can get them off the field for like on first and second down and you bring them on on third down when it's a clear passing down, I think that's, that's going to allow for Mac to do his thing that will, uh, that will force the doubles away from Mac because so much of Hicks, sometimes he gets just so tired because he's not conditioned because he's hurt all the time. That's so right. he can't work on all these things. And it has this domino effect. I do think Goldman coming back, and he looks phenomenal, by the way. Oh, he looks ripped. Yes. He looks ripped, right? Just ripped. He looks great. 
Um, so I think that. that's gonna that's gonna be great. That's gonna be the strength of our defense. But it's tough for me right now to see this being a top five unit. I don't think that's gonna be the case. I don't think we'll I'll be happy with yeah. top ten. I'll be happy with top ten. Yeah, yeah. I'll be happy. I'll be that's thrilled special. with top ten. I think that's that's the fifty fifty proposition. I don't think they're gonna dip below top fifteen. I think they will be in the top fifteen. You know, now and next week we'll talk about it more when we talk about the offense. Maybe if they're defense fifteen, that's enough because offense will take a step forward. But you know, I do think it's going to end up being between ten and fifteen, and I think the storyline is yeah. going to be, man, we really need to work on the secondary in, <laughs> in the draft and in free agency next year because yeah. I just yeah. don't see how that's going to that's going to be tough. And the, the defensive yeah. line for me is going to have to play at such a level. That is something that's realistic. You know, we're, we're playing some good offensive lines, some good quarterbacks this season. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. And I do think Mac probably had his worst year last year, um, even though he is the second, I think, outside of Donnelly, he's the best defensive player um, in the league. He has to play at a Hall of Fame level for this defense to be – better and i think well he's due he's due he's due and listen we paid a lot of money for it it's like yeah we need more than just the 2018 season man yeah and he's with us by the way for for the next three years because we pushed all his money forward he's gonna be 31 million dollars a year this year you know he's he's 31 million plus because we just borrowed so much money no it's gonna work out there is a lot of question marks but we will see and know what i like about this episode my friend i like the fact that it's so easy to just always just obsess about the offense. But on that side of the ball, there are just so many question marks. We just have to see what they do in camp. So to even talk about it in the first few days, next week, folks, we will talk all about the offense, give a little preview about the defense. And that's, I think, a wrap. Final thoughts, my friend. Yeah, I think this is a season, you know, it's going to be interesting. We'll talk about our kind of predictions, but I haven't gone into the season. It's a weird season because I'm really positive, but I haven't, I don't think I'm agreeing with you. I don't think it's a playoff team, but I feel so positive about going into it. I can't think of another time. I didn't have this feeling in 2017. I didn't have this feeling in 2014, but I just, I feel, I don't know. I think that, I think the tide is turning. Something is shifting, but we're a year away. Um, And as long as we can see things moving in the right direction, there's a chance for maybe playoffs and maybe something more. But I think that's going to really rest on our topic next week in the offense. Yes, exactly. And I just, so I just want to add one final, final thought is that, again, there are some scenarios where I see us really starting to get blown out because the secondary, remember the, the line has, has an off week and the secondary just gets beat and people are putting up 35 points against us. But that perhaps allows an opportunity if we're at that point of the season for a certain man named Justin Fields to have to claw your way back which gives you a certain amount of freedom to, listen, we are down 35 to 14. You know, see see what we can do. See what we can put together. It allows you to be a little aggressive. It allows you to try certain things out. Um, So certain things could come together, even these negatives, which we will see play out this season, even being optimistic. It could also turn into some positives for the offense. Anyway, that's it. We'll do it next week. Offense, folks, enjoy camp. Love you, Samir. Good times as always, buddy. And bear down. Bear down. We'll never forget the way you thrilled the nation with your T formation. Bear down, Chicago Bears. And let them know why you're wearing the crown. You're the pride and joy of Illinois, Chicago Bears. Bear down. The Bears. This is my Bears, people.